Hello, I'm Paul Kitkat. And I'm Chalice Croke. This is the next podcast in our series, 168 Things We've Learned About Creative Marketing and We Think You'll Find Useful to Know. We're recording these in our home studios, so we are socially distant, but mentally present. Uh, please excuse any stray noises you might hear, given the setup that we're using, or any oddness in the sound quality. Okay, enjoy the podcast. Hello, Paul. Hello, Chalice. How are you? I'm very well. So tell us about the podcast title for today. Okay, the title is A Short Attention Span is an Asset. Fantastic. So why is this relevant in the creative industry? It is specifically for creative people. In other words, the, the, the men and women who have to come up with ideas for creative marketing in whatever medium. In my role, I've seen lots of different creative ideas and I've worked with creatives that have long attention spans as well as short attention spans. Hmm. So what's the difference between the two? Okay, so most of the time uh, people complain about young people in particular having a short attention span and a lot of the criticism that is made about screens, social media, TV and of course advertising is that it has encouraged everyone to have a shorter and shorter attention span. Okay. Mm. I read a piece of research that said that people used to have an attention span of 12 seconds and it had been reduced to seven. And this was in the context of uh, an election, I think, an election campaign. And it may even have been Tony Blair who said it, but it's not true. It turns out, because if you think about it, it's almost an impossible thing to measure. And Mm. it's, I would argue human beings have always had sometimes a long attention span and sometimes a short one yeah and i think in if i look around me in in the world of creative marketing people like the project managers that you work with need to have a long attention span because they're doing very detailed work over a lot you know it takes a lot of effort to do it yeah and most of the time we need to have a long attention span but there is a very specific case where you need a short one and it is useful and that's for the creative people. Yeah, that's that's a good observation. Most certainly I've worked with um, project managers that need variety, but in all, they um, tend to have a much longer attention span than creatives. And I've always oh, been... Hey, wait a minute. Um, Hold on a second. I'm going to argue with that. Right. They may... I want the project managers to keep their noses down and have a long attention span, but I don't think necessarily they have a longer attention span than the creatives. I mean, have you met the creatives who will go and sit in the opera for three and a half hours? Oh, yes, but that isn't in the context of creative marketing. Ah. Okay, so I would say that, okay. That's creative arts, not marketing. Oh, okay. So, Paul, in most cases, it's better to have a longer attention span. So why is it that for creatives, it's better to have a short one? Okay. Um, I don't think that... Creators should have a short attention span all the time, but I think in one particular case, they really benefit from it. And that is when they are assessing the quality of ideas, either their own ideas or other people's that are being presented to them. That's interesting. Tell me more. Well, the fact is that um, most people, consumers, the people that Mm. we're addressing our communications to, did not Mm. ask they didn't ask for what we're sending them or showing them, right? They got they yeah. get they get it for free, and it's imposed upon them. 
Hmm. And it's not as if people are short of things to pay attention to, right? They've got yeah. endless things they can be looking at. They've got the whole of Netflix, Amazon Prime, whatever else they're into. They've got all these other forms of entertainment, even when they're in lockdown. They've got plenty mm. to pay attention to. And we're trying to force ourselves into their consciousness. So I was told uh, very early on that there's a thing called the three-second rule. And of course, it's it might be three seconds, it might be two seconds, but the fact is people will give an advertising or marketing message about two or three seconds of their attention before they move on. Hmm. And in that moment... So in other words, I was, I was going to say, in other words, if you haven't captured their attention within three seconds, they're likely to move on. Yeah, that is exactly what I'm saying. They, If you don't get their attention within two or three seconds, their attention will go somewhere else. And the reason, right. it's very simple. It's like I said, they've got lots of other things to look at. Nobody asked for this. So you've got to catch it quick. So mm. therefore, um, the creative person, the creative coming up with the ideas needs to have a similarly short attention span for their own work and for other work that they're judging. They need to give it that exact same test. And it helps if that comes to you naturally. Mm. Um because the thing is, you know, we get we can get very absorbed in our own work and in other people's works, and we're all in you know, work, and we, you know, we, a lot of people who work in the marketing business are really interested in other people's work, ideas, reviewing them, looking at them, and all the rest of it. But I think you should, you know, you you do much better if you uh, apply the same kind of level of attention that a consumer does, which is this two or three seconds. Interesting. So, in fact, it's a creative asset to have a short attention span in certain scenarios. Yeah, because you're going to judge, you're going to be a far better judge of what's going to work. Sure. And I, so if, I have a very, you know, I've got a very long attention span for certain things, but when it comes to advertising and marketing, really short. Mm. I'm bored in seconds. Mm. You, you're going to have to get my attention quickly. Sure. So, if I think about myself, um, as I was for many, many years, uh, a creative director. One of the things that you're going to do as a creative director is get, you're going to review work. People are going to come to you and show you the ideas that they've had. And you need to have that short attention span fully operating at that point, because I'm not, I don't mean that you're going to be rude to the creatives pre presenting their ideas. There are creative directors who are really rude and horrible to the people who come up to them. I think that's terrible. Okay, so you can be kind, but in your own heart, you have to have this short attention span where you're looking at the things they're showing you and thinking, I, after two seconds, am I interested in this or not? Mm -hmm. And what you're going to try and do is weed out the things that just don't do that for you. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you're going to see a couple of things that really do interest you. Mm -hmm. And then... If you can see things that you think have got promise, your job as the creative director obviously is to say to the team, all right, I like that. Can we talk about what we might do with it? Because mm. quite often the idea is not fully formed. Somebody once asked me, how do you do this? And I said, well, a lot of the time it's the hair on the back of your neck. Mm. So if you see an idea and it makes you have that tingle on the back of your neck, that's it. That's it. 
you get that, great, you're looking at something brilliant. And if you're lucky enough to be presented with those kind of ideas on a daily basis, that's brilliant for your agency. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm um, a recipient of lots of emails. Mm. And I know there is a, a rule with email communications that it, the copy should never be more than 148 words long. Mm. But actually, when I read articles um, from famous writers, often... They're a lot longer than that. What's your view on copy length? Yeah, okay. So it's funny that you say 148 words because um, I wrote an ad for a client, VSO, um, that ran on the tube carriages in London many years ago mm. and was very successful. And mm. it was considered to be a long copy ad. And it was exactly... How many words? That, yeah, it was exactly 148 words. Right. And it, it was exactly 148 words, not because I'd read whatever it was that you'd read about emails, but because that happened to be the right length for that ad, in my opinion. Um, mm. Anyway, that's considered to be long copy because, okay, if you're going to write 148 words in any context, you better make sure that you're, you're writing it in such a way that if somebody starts reading it, they can't stop. They want to go on. They want to get to the end. Okay. And then you ask me about articles and what have you. I very often, when I wrote articles for the marketing press, 800 words was kind of the, usually the number that they were looking for. Um, right. From time to time, you'd get the chance to do something longer. I remember doing mm. a kind of double pager for campaign. That's quite a lot longer than that. Uh, more than once. That's great. Mm. Honestly, I wouldn't expect people necessarily to read all of it because, like I say, they've got loads to read. So as all journalists know that they need to put the important stuff up at the top of the story. Yeah. Right? So it's not quite the same thing as writing a novel, uh, which is something else that I have done. Um, mm. And there we're talking about 70,000, 80,000 words maybe. Completely different. Okay? So I'll park that. In journalism, get the story told in the first you know, have a great headline, have the first paragraph or two really contain the essence of the story and then develop it in the knowledge that most people won't read the whole thing. And that would apply equally to any kind of journalism that you might do in the trade press. When it comes to emails, you said you get a lot. Yeah, you're not alone, right? We all get far too many emails. And mm. Most of them are boring. Do you delete without reading? No, I um, often decide whether or not the subject line grabs me. That's the first hurdle. Mm -hmm. And then I'll start reading the first paragraph or two. And if I feel I've got the gist of it, then I'll delete and move on. Mm -hmm. If I feel that um, it's interesting and I haven't quite got the gist of it, I'll, I'll continue reading. But in, I would say that um, on average, I'll read the first um, paragraph maybe the second paragraph and that's it I move on so the first to one to two lines are the most important so the key messaging needs to be in that to capture my attention wow okay so that and how many emails do you think you get a day sometimes a hundred yeah I mean it depends it depends where I'm working mm. and um, how busy we are but I can quite easily receive 100 a day and I don't have time to read 100 a day. Who has time to read 100 a day? Nobody. So 
the, the content needs to be really powerful and uh, the messaging needs to hit me quite quickly. Otherwise, it'll be lost. There's a guy who um, had a training course that was called something like the Zero Email Inbox or something like that, where he said you have to empty your inbox every single day. So you have to deal with every email that comes in every day, right? Yeah. And I think he yeah. made a lot of money running courses about this. And then right. he he went quiet for a bit and then he showed up again. Uh, and he was like, you know the bit in Winnie the Pooh where Tigger gets unbounced? Yeah. Yeah, well, he was like <laughs> yes. Tigger unbounced because he showed up and he said, I was wrong. This is a terrible idea. Don't do it. Um, because if you enter your inbox, what does it, what happens? You get more email. You, if you reply to email, it generates more email. Yeah. So he was, because part of his thing about emptying the inbox was, you know, you, you some of it you file, some of it you discard, but so, but most of it, you, you know, reply to the important things. And he said, that's shit, because you just get a whole load back and it'll overwhelm you. You're better to yeah. ignore it. And I, <laughs> I remember, I came back, from, I remember once at work, somebody sent a round robin email and he said, I've been away for two weeks and there are 3,000 emails in my inbox. I am about to delete all of them without <laughs> reading them. If you sent me an email in the last two weeks and it's still important, please send it again. And then he did yeah. it. He just deleted the lot. And I spoke to him a, a day or two later and said, what, what happened next? And he said, well, I got about five emails and that was it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. that figures. So, sure. Chalice, if you really read the way that you've just described, I'm really impressed. Hats off. I don't. I delete pretty much, I mean, the majority, because they're not from people I know. I just get rid of them. And I yeah. did get in trouble quite a lot um, at work for not reading to the end of emails. Mm. Because of the short attention span, you know, I would... Sure. Yeah. Um, well, in project management, and particularly as a head of project management, I'm always nervous that I'll miss something. Yeah. So reading to the bottom in business context um, has its place, particularly if you've got to, um, if you are responsible for making sure that um, things are thorough and that things haven't been missed. But on average, in my personal inbox, I'll skip read and I'll delete if the um, subject line doesn't grab me. Yeah. And it's it's the same with tweets. If the first few words don't grab me, I don't read on. It's just um, it's just the way that I am. Now I'm not sure whether I'd be considered somebody with a long attention span or a short attention span, but I can see how, as a creative, it's an asset to have a shorter attention span in certain scenarios. And most definitely. I mean, I think I've just been told off in passing by you there because you said, you know, in business, you need to you know pay attention to the emails you're sent. And I used to I said I got in trouble for not reading to the end. It's true. I did. And I used to say, well, make it more interesting then, please. Um, yeah. Which people found annoying as well. And I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> but I do think, you know, as a writer, I am a writer. I think that the the. the onus is on you as a writer to make it interesting it's your job to make it interesting mm. and not be boring and mm. if you so if you can pass the three second test and get someone's interest you've got to keep it up then you've got to keep them interested mm. and don't be boring in, in this context we've we need to focus on the consumer yeah right? also capturing the attention of the consumer yeah i i mean I, another observation that i would make about this is Every category develops its own kind of 
boring. Every category. Yes. So, you know, they all do. All, we had clients in all sectors and each sector had its own way of being boring if you let them. And when I mm-hmm. say if you let them, what I mean is the client would really like it if you wrote certain things that they found interesting, but nobody in the rest of the world would. But the writer's job is to challenge that and say, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to be boring. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of, hello, peace of mind. I'm looking at you yeah. in financial yeah. services. Nobody talks about peace of mind apart from people in insurance and banking. Nobody in the real world is interested in it. It's not a thing. Sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm probably a long way off the point. <laughs> I get it. So in summary, Paul. Yes, in summary. What are the, what are the key things that, um, that you would say are important about a long attention span versus a short attention span? You owe it to your colleagues to have a long attention span when you're sitting across the table from them or in the same room and they're telling you something important Mm. especially if you're their boss but certainly Mm. also as colleagues right Mm. you owe people your attention when they're at that time because you know you're having a you have a okay never mind it's obvious why you need to do that Mm. when it comes to judging ideas and looking at the kind of thing that you are going to put out there to the wide world then having a short attention span, that's when it's an asset because you will be putting yourself very firmly in the consumer's shoes, which is exactly the place you need to be. Okay. Fantastic. Great. Well, thank you for that insight today, Paul. You're welcome. I hope it's useful to everyone. Go away and have a short attention span. And I should say, I don't, this podcast may have presumed quite a lot on people's attention span but i hope you've got to the end and enjoyed it great thank you very much my pleasure bye bye 168 things we've learned about creative marketing and we think you'll find useful to know is a series of podcasts created by paul kitkat and chalice croak production was by william kitkat who also wrote the theme music we hope you enjoyed it if you did please subscribe See you soon. Bye.